Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Bregman would like to get him to scamper home. Two on, two out. Tenth inning. That's in the air to left. Here comes Fisher. Throw by Ethier. Astros win it. A deep dive on baseball. Wade Boggs is a Hall of Fame third baseman. The man's a legend. And much more. He drank 50 beers on a cross-country flight and then absolutely destroyed the Seattle Mariners the next day, okay? <laughs> the number of beers is actually highly disputed. Some say 50, some said as many as 70 beers. Which is an absolutely insane amount of beer. Nobody can drink that much. Not with an attitude like that. Now here are your hosts for the Hot Corner, Patrick Harris, the seven-foot kid that strokes it with the acne on his back, and Mike Lynch. Excuse me, he looks really hot. On 1080 The Fan. Hey, hey, records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Intercontinental. And anything I got is not a rental. I own them all. Welcome into the hot corner. Or it must be a Wednesday, right? It is, is that a Wednesday. what we do here? It is a Wednesday. That's what we do here. And apparently it's hopefully the last of the 8 to 10 Wednesdays. Hopefully. I don't know about you, but I like the permanent hot corner after dark. It has been fun and quite goofy, but I also like returning home at 930, not 1030. <laughs> I guess. God, you're such a Debbie Downer, Michael. I, I, I'm being very positive, actually. I know. I know. <laughs> I am just a vampire. I love the night. Well, think of it this way. You get one more hour out after the show that you can go to your various establishments of fun. Oh, man, that gets expensive. It's like this built-in thing. You know, it's like I can't. Well, I, I take back the expensive part. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I spend the same amount no matter what. But it was just kind of like, oh, man, you only got like an hour. Because, you know, a lot of places I go to close at midnight. So you get now there. You two hours. You get there at 1030 and you have like a beer. Yeah, now you, like, can, now you can have three. Yeah, that's not, that's going to be dangerous. Although you're a very slow drinker. I am a very slow drinker. By, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's my own. Maybe that's like my built-in fail safe. <laughs> that way that that way I can't get too wild because I have to, you know. It's like, oh, bar's closing, got to go home. Yep. Can't do anything Only had about one it. slowly drinking beer. Slowly drank beer? Yeah. Yeah. I am a really slow beer drinker. Really? I was I'm not really slow, but I'm slow. Patrick, you're really slow. Really? Yeah. I'm like a beer an hour. That's a good thing. I, it's a great thing, but it's slow. Oh. Huh. Because I'll look over and I've gone like four more sips and you've had none. <laughs> I can catch up quickly. Well, yeah, but so can everybody else. Yeah, I guess that's true. I'm not saying it is a negative, but you are a very slow beer drinker. I would like to say I'm a very, I'm a beer drinker who enjoys what's in front of him. Yeah. And it takes me longer to enjoy it than others. I also enjoy what's in front of me, but I... You know, I, I take bigger sips. My dad always said big, uh, this was with food, but big bites, big flavor. So Big bites, big flavor? That's kind of the mantra I've lived my food and drink life by. Holy goodness. 
Uh, <laughs> that could not be the more obvious. You think I'm slow at drinking beer? You should watch me eat food. I have watched you eat food. I am the slowest eater of you, all time. You peck. You're like a bird. Yeah, that's what all my friends say. They're like, hey, did you get some rabbit food in you or what? <laughs> I'm always like, well, I mean, it could be like, it, I mean, rabbit food has more of the connotation of like, I'm just eating carrots and celery. Mm. Those do come with wings, though. Yeah. And I do eat all the carrots and celery with wings. But not all the wings? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so rabbits. Yeah. You're uh, a rabbit. That's okay. Yeah. I, uh. I remember once when we were doing the Beer Sonos podcast coming out tomorrow, 4 o'clock. Ooh, that's a good one. I've, um, I've heard it before. Stormbreaker, we went to our first on-location one, and you came in and you were hungover. Mm-hmm. You were not feeling good. And to me, when I'm hungover, I need to eat the greasiest, worst food for me to make myself feel better. You ordered a quesadilla and had like two of the pieces of it, and the rest of you were like, eh, I'll box it. I was like, dude, you're hungover. Eat yeah. more. Yeah. Fix your brain. Yeah, I don't know what's going on, man. Hey, it's probably a good thing. The weird thing is, is I've always been this way. Always. Even when I was like four years old, I didn't eat food. Do you not like food? I love food. Food is awesome. But you don't love it enough to eat a lot of it. No, I just don't consume a lot of it. Mm. Yeah, see, again, the big bites, big flavors thing. Yeah. I, lo- I love food, and I like taking big bites and having big flavors. I think some of it for me is uh, I'm a talker, so I talk a lot. Yeah, and, uh, so do it, I. You know, but it does take your brain 15 minutes to tell your stomach you're full. Yep. 20, actually. 20. And my dad, that's another dadism. He goes, well, that means you just got to eat as much as you can before 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Your dad and my dad are very different people. <laughs> but I will say this. Being an extremely unathletic, non-working out person, it's working out for me. I, I agree. It's yeah. actually doing wonders. I have for to me. do a lot of working out to keep a somewhat decent-looking body with the amount that I eat. Yeah. Oh, this body looks terrible. It's just, uh, it's just covered by clothes it and the could, fact that I'm short. It could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Yeah, exactly. But because I don't eat a whole lot, like I ate, I ate two eggs, two pieces of bacon, and a slice of toast this morning for breakfast. And I was so full, I didn't eat again until, like, 6. Mm. And that was at, like, 10.30 this morning. Yeah, but see, here's, for me, I, during the week, I'm very conscious of what I eat. Mm-hmm. But on the weekends, all bets are off. Burgers. So. Chibaga, chibaga, chibaga. And it's not like I eat a ton, but I'll have one, Mark. I'll have one big meal, per, or like, on a weekend day. Like, we'll go out at noon, and mm. I'll just eat a ton of one meal. And then mm-hmm. we'll be done, right? So it's not a good day, but I could have been had like a huge breakfast. And then we go out for a big lunch, and then we order in dinner. No, I, but it's just I like to eat a lot. Well, it, that it makes me happy for some reason. Even yeah. though I feel full, I'm like, ah, this is a good memory. I mean, I think it might be because of my sleep schedule and the profession that I am in outside of this glorious radio station here. Uh, there's a lot of times that you know I'm up at eleven. And I eat, like, a bunch of food, for me, a bunch of food at uh, 1.30, okay. 2 o'clock. That's it for the day, baby. Yeah, that makes sense. Then it's all beer carbs. It sounds like my weekends. I go, we go out for, usually to a place when they open, like 11 or noon. Yeah. We eat a bunch. That's it. Yeah, I just do that, like, eight days a week, though. Yeah. It's really terrible. Like, I don't even get drunk bunches. Where, where's the extra day coming from? 
oh, I don't know. I just never know what day it is, mm. unless it's Wednesday. Do you do two of those meals in one day, and that's why eight days a week? Mm, no. Okay. Just so, asking. I'm just curious. Maybe I was trying to slip in a Beatles reference. Gosh. <laughs> why am I looking at someone's ankle on the TV? I don't know. The TV's stupid. It's <laughs> basketball. What do you want? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh... I enjoy food. I love food. Like I'm kind of like a food particular, you know. Good I, food is great. Yeah, I don't. I don't like eating bad food, um, unless I have to cook it. If I have to cook food, then I eat bad food, like mac and cheese. You can't make a solid mac and cheese. Well, I mean, I make a solid mac and cheese, but the mac and cheese you're starting with ain't great. I'm not like doing it from scratch. Oh. I didn't, like, make my own noodles and make my own cheese sauce. No, that well, powder stuff is my jam. I will say, I have been, now, not my own noodles, but I have been taught the way of making roux. Oh, yeah. And, Get a uh, roux going? When my wife and I have some mac and cheese at home, I am you in just charge. whip up a roux real quick? I'm in charge of making sure the roux doesn't get too thick. Yeah. <sighs> so good. See, it's funny. It changed I, the mac and cheese game for me. Yeah, see, it's funny. I know how to do all that stuff. I just don't do it. Well, doing it, doing a roux as one person, and maybe this is just like me being a bad cook or chef or whatever, is really difficult because you have to add stuff while you're stirring, but you can't stop stirring, but you got to hold the pan. So it's like when we do it together, my wife will add the cheese as I'm stirring, so I'm not just like doing 500 things at once. Well, it's a you, nice little, it's a nice little team effort. You also like go home and like you got someone at home to cook with. Like when you when you when you're a single man, like I just I just go home and I'm like, am I hungry? Nah, Do I'm I good. have Kraft mac and cheese in the, in the cabinet right it's now? It's actually not about if I have anything in the house because usually I have food in the house. The real question is, is like, do you want to wash dishes? No, <laughs> not really. Well, then you can just leave them soaking in water for the next day and then wash them later. I saw this great one, this great like meme on the Internet. that was like, I was like, you know, uh, the soap only needs to sit for like 10 minutes. It's like, nope, nope. Got to sit the whole night. Got to get to it tomorrow. Can't do it tonight. <laughs> Check you later. I know. I, I try really hard to do the dishes that I have to do early in the day so I don't have to worry about it. But there's those moments where it's like midnight and you get up to go to bed and you walk past the kitchen and go, oh, God. And then you have to stand there for 10 minutes doing all the dishes. And oh, I don't do that. Right. No way. Well, because I, I, I would wake up the next morning and go, really, Mike? You couldn't have done this last night? So I just do it that night. Well, I got the biggest problem. It's like coming home at night, I'm probably drunk. So I'm looking around. I'm like, I'm not cleaning anything. I'll do that in the morning. Then I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh, God, I'm hungover. I'm definitely not washing dishes. <laughs> and then you go to work, and then you come home, and you're like, I'm not doing that. Then you wake up in the morning. You're like, oh, God, no, I'm not doing that either. <laughs> yeah, and then so I do dishes like once a week. There you go. That's okay. Man, they have all six of them in the in the sink. because That's the positive of living by yourself. There's not I, a lot. I'm actually working really hard on cooking more at home, and okay. I'm doing it. I'm making it happen. I went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of food. There you go. Went to Trader Joe's. Well, okay. Free pub for Trader Joe's. Could have gotten a little cheaper food somewhere probably, but that's okay. Trader Joe's is decent. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just, I mean, I don't know, man. There's no, I, I know, I'm not going to East Vancouver to go to Winco. I'm not going to East Vancouver to go to Winco. That's fine. You're telling me there's not a Safeway somewhere? Trader Joe's is cheaper than Safeway. Is it really? For sure. Mm. Better products, too. Oakley Doakley, uh, we got a cool show in, in store for you guys. We got, uh, what's my man's name? Baseball. <laughs> yeah. 
No, no. What, what's my man's name? The oh, Rich Gu- of the Raptors? Gus Farah. Gus Farah. We got an interview with Gus Farah at 830, which is really cool, which is the new baseball team up in Ridgefield, which is going to be super rad. They will compete with the uh, Portland Pickles. And, uh, you know, he thinks Mike and I are the coolest people ever. So we'll have that interview for you guys at 830. And then there's awards galore. And we got uh, crazy, some uh, some early off-season baseball news that we'll get into as well. And we got that for you guys. Uh, fair or foul at 9.30 as well. Uh, you can always uh, text in the Better You Today text line at 55305. That bad boy lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. You can find Mike Lynch on Twitter at Mike Lynch 27 our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher at JoeFish. 3-F-I-S-C-H. You can find me on Instagram, PDD085. Also, the Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow. Check that out. Uh, We got a fun one for you guys tomorrow. You can download that on radio.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that kind of jazz, 1080thefan.com. When we come back, the Cy Young Award winners have been announced, and I am so excited to slurp up my favorite pitcher in baseball. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Let's go! Did you guys see the new Freddie Mercury movie? Is that why we're getting some Queen? I did. (laughs) How was it? Was it any good? Uh, Yeah, it was uh, really good if you're like a uh, big fan of the music like I am. Uh, Doing a little bit of research afterward, they skewed a little bit of the timeline to make the little story a little bit more dramatic. That's what I kind of heard. Yeah. I kind of heard they didn't touch on a whole lot of things. I mean, that band is not without controversy. No, no, it's not. Um, so, yeah, after looking up afterwards, I was like, oh, well, that's that's not what. Hey, so I was a little upset at that, but it was a pretty badass movie. And the guy who plays uh, Freddie Mercury does a fantastic job. And actually, all the actors look a lot like the musicians. Yeah. Ex- uh, the drummer, guitarist, bass mm-hmm. player, all of them. So they did well, a good job of casting. All you have to do, I mean, it could be it could be my face, and I'll look like Brian May if you get that hair on me. <laughs> exactly, you know, right. If you get that hair on me, I'll look. He's still got that hair. I know. I His saw hair a picture still of him. looks like it's that. It's just silver now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Brian May, probably the most underrated guitar player of all time next to Keith Richards. Like, if you don't. If you love Queen, just, like, take a minute and listen to Brian May yeah. playing guitar. The man is absolutely fantastic. He shreds, bro. Uh, two things. One, I hear, uh, how was the Wembley, the live aid? They do the whole performance. They do the whole performance? Yeah, so the uh, yeah. I heard they cut some songs out. Well, I think they had to because of licensing. Well, I, I thought it was just the four songs, and they did it. It was long enough to where I thought, I was like, damn, that seemed like a whole set for a concert. I, I like heard that. that they cut some so, stuff out. My it own- was a last, like, because it was basically the last part of the movie, it was that uh, sequence there. And it was like a good 20 minutes of them, him performing. Yeah, and that's the like, show. I was like, damn. My only issue with the dude that plays Freddie Mercury is he's like 5'9". Freddie Mercury is like 6'3". I didn't know that. Yeah, big dude. Big, powerful. Like, that's why his stage presence was so great. I could talk about Freddie forever. Yeah, it was a good movie. I suggest it just because it's a, it's a lot of fun. I mean, to be in a, it's a good movie to see in theaters because it's loud. You yeah. know, it's a lot of music and yeah, stuff. I'll probably check it out. Um, dude, I'm trying to see that Overlord. I know, dude. I want to see it so bad. Dude, it's part of the Cloverfield universe. No. Yes. Okay. 
Yes. That, that adds a little bit to it then. Well, it's J.J. Abrams, man. It's That's part true. of It's part of the Cloverfield universe. Not that it's about Cloverfield or anything like that, but it supposedly takes place in the universe. Sign me up. Sign me up. Uh, my other thing is that I want to say real quick before we dive into the Cy Young Award winners. Uh, did you know Queen is the only pop band to have a number one hit written by all four members? I did not know that. I did yep. not know that either. Not even the Beatles did that because with a little help from my friends, that Ringo sang is a number one hit. However, written by Lennon McCartney. Mm. Well, it was a real team effort for Queen. Yep. All four of those dudes wrote number one hits. That's pretty rad. I think that's pretty cool. That's camaraderie. It's cool. That's camaraderie. It's shared effort. Yeah. Speaking of not sharing effort, uh, we slide over to the Cy Young Award winners, which were announced earlier today. And uh, despite his team doing everything they could to make sure this guy didn't win a Cy Young, the voters got it right, and Jacob DeGrom is your National League Cy Young Award winner. Yeah, and to me it shouldn't have been close because he was going up against Aaron Nola and Max Scherzer. Who had great seasons. Max Scherzer only led in innings pitched, I believe. For the eighth year in a row. And DeGrom... Nola didn't lead in any category, and DeGrom led in ERA and Ks. Mm-hmm. So Wait, DeGrom had more Ks than than Scherzer? Maybe maybe it was Scherzer led in Ks. I can't remember I what it was. I think Scherzer led in Ks. Either way, when, I, when they popped it up on MLB Network when I was watching it today, they highlighted the leaders, and DeGrom had two of the three categories. Scherzer had one. I was like, well, if they don't vote for DeGrom, they're dumb. Well, Jacob DeGrom in 2014... At age 26, he starts 22 games, goes 9-6, and six, has an ERA of 269, and that won him Rookie of the Year. The next year, he was an All-Star, finished 7th in the Cy Young. 2017, finishes 8th in the Cy Young. 2018, is an All-Star this year as well. Uh, Jacob deGrom might be the, I don't know, for some reason, I feel so validated by Jacob deGrom winning the Cy Young this year. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's just because I like the man a lot and I, I think his stuff is super filthy, dirt nasty. But to me, it kind of says, okay, maybe these writers aren't just, you know, we're going to talk about manager of the year and rookie of the year a little bit later. And, you know, I know, Mike, you've got some points. I've got some points as well that make this debatable. I think this is finally the time you can look at this 10 and 9 record, be like, well, is he really that great? Like, he's not winning games. The man pitched, like, 24, 26 straight quality starts. He can't help that the Mets are absolutely atrocious. The man had a one seven zero ERA. Well, so I didn't know this, but I learned this today thanks to a Ken Rosenthal tweet. Not every award is voted on by every writer that's eligible to vote. Oh, you get two voters from each city. Is it what it appears to be? Oh, that each baseball for the sigh, uh, at least for the sigh, if not for all of them. I'm not sure. I'm going to we'll look in the break. But because um, Ken Rosenthal, Ken Rosenthal said, I got to vote for NL Cy Young. And he said, here was what I did. So he might not have even voted for AL Cy Young. Right. Exactly. And I can actually I can go look at that in a second. Only one person voted for Max Scherzer in first place. The rest were all. Jacob DeGrom. Thank God. But one person was in San Diego. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Like, I'm drunk. I don't watch baseball. Have you seen this team? I'll just get loaded. Yeah, Rosenthal did not vote. Sign it in to Max Scherzer. Rosenthal did not vote for the AL Cy Young. So, yeah, it was uh, 
it's not just like, hey, everyone, free for all, go vote. It's they they pick probably at random two people from each city that are eligible to vote that are in the Baseball Writers Association, and then they vote. So, yeah, I mean, it, this was an easy one for me. Jacob deGrom was easy. He deserves to win it. I know Max Scherzer looks more dominant sometimes, obviously more wins, more run support. It's flashier because uh, of the strikeouts yeah, and he his energy. You know, he he is and a DeGrom lot more. cut his hair. DeGrom's yeah. hair was like a little flash aspect mm-hmm. of it. Now he just looks like a regular pitcher. I also think Scherzer pitches with a lot more passion. You know what I mean? I like when he strikes somebody out, he's beating his chest. He's yelling. He's fist pumping, which I love about him, despite the fact that I don't like Max Scherzer for biased reasons. DeGrom just kind of does his thing. I'll ask you this question, and then I want to get to Blake Snell real quick. Um, is DeGrom the best pitcher in baseball? No. I don't no? think I don't think he is, no. Who are you taking over him? I think I would take multiple guys over him. I think really? I would. Yeah, I think I would take uh, Max Scherzer over him. Really? I would take Justin Verlander over him. I would take Chris Sale over him. Um, there's a couple. I mean, he's up there, obviously, but wow. there's, a, there's a couple. I think he had an exceptional season, mm-hmm. and he has had a very, very good career. But He's got a Hall of Fame career right now in oh, five years. For, for sure. sure, but so do all the other pitchers I met. Right, right, right. Um, maybe it's because he's on the Mets and they haven't been very good, but I just don't know if he's the best in all baseball. And I, I, I've watched him pitch many times, trust me, there's something about him that doesn't strike me as this like dominant, terrifying force, but he is, but it doesn't feel like it when he's pitching. Yeah. Cause you, you think about Scherzer, it's like, Oh my God, he's going to K you within a hundred mile an hour fastball up and in and then throw a slider down and away. And it's going to be perfect. Right. Or Chris sales is going to lank lanky body his way to get you out. Or Justin Verlander is going to be pinpoint accuracy on every single pitch. DeGrom has all of those in some way, but it doesn't scream as dominant to me. Man, that's so funny that you mentioned that because, you know, not I don't by any means want to get into debate with you about this. I think he is for my money. Um, I don't know if it's because I've been following him since he was since he was a rookie. And, you know, I've got him on a have got him on my fantasy keeper league. So obviously I'm paying more attention to him than other people. But man, I think for my money, DeGrom's my boy. I just think he's great. Well, it's not really. I, th- I, th- I think he's. Uh, well, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm, well, it's I'm also not... not really much of a debatable question. Like the top five or six guys are so close to each well, other. Well, yeah, you still will take any of those dudes, except yeah, for I don't want Chris Sale. But you can take any of those dudes, and you're totally right. I guess for me, somebody was like, "Who's the best pitcher in baseball?" You know, you might be like, "Oh, I don't know. I would take Scherzer, Sale, Degrom, Verlander." To where me, someone's like, "Who's the best pitcher in baseball?" My answer is unequivocally. Jacob DeGrom. Yeah. I mean, he's just my guy. I would pick Scherzer. I would say, if I was asked that yeah. question, I would say Max Scherzer. He is the power pitcher, too. If only he was on a team that could actually win a playoff game. Mm. That could be interesting. Yeah. I don't know if he'll have to worry about that for a while. I don't know if those guys are going to be in the playoffs anytime soon. Yeah, especially if the Phillies get the guys they want. Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, and it's just the Braves, yeah, they could probably make it. Yeah, soon. right. All right, well, I don't want to uh, I don't want to miss out on the American League Cy Young. We'll get to that at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, but uh, coming up next, we have Gus Farah, the GM, right? He's the GM of the Ridgefield yes. Raptors, a brand new uh, wood bat short season league. We got an interview with him coming up. Uh, When we come back, this is the Hot Corner Portland Sports Leader. First, there's my man Joe with sports.
This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back into the Hot Corner. Uh, we've got a special guest for you guys today as we have Gus Farah on the line, the general manager of the Richfield Raptors of the West Coast League, a brand new baseball team coming up in Southwest Washington. Gus, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, not a problem. This is exciting. As a kid from Southwest Washington, you know, I grew up in Vancouver. The idea of having baseball uh, kind of in my hometown is kind of an exciting idea. What uh, what brought you guys to Richfield? Well, uh, let me tell you about the West Coast League and just kind of how we ended up here. Um, the West Coast League is a summer college wood bat league that uh, kids, uh, young men that have a year of eligibility left to go back to college will play their summer baseball in this league. There's two reasons they'll play. One is that they want to become uh, better college players. And number two is they may be drafted by the Major League Baseball, and it's a highly recruited league. Um, we landed in Richfield because they invested in a multi-purpose facility called the Richfield Outdoor Recreation Complex um, that has multiple fields, and one is a stadium that we're going to play in that will seat about 2,500 fans. Um, and when they built it, they were looking for a tenant anchor and partner. Um, we already uh, have a team in Longview, the Cowlitz Black Bears, so we know how to operate. And we decided that the expansion into southwest Washington was good timing. Uh, the area is growing like crazy. Richfield is one of the fastest growing cities uh, in Washington uh, state. And uh, it's bursting at the seams with enthusiasm looking for an amenity like this for family entertainment. Who are some of the uh, the bigger name players that have come through the West Coast League that our listeners would, would recognize? Mitch Haniger. You can stop right yeah, there. That's there, good enough for go. me. <laughs> uh, one thing I was, one thing I wanted to, to ask you about, Gus. One thing that I love about this, and I don't know if this is like the way these leagues are built, but what's the what's the idea behind going wood bat? Is it for to be developmental to get these kids into majors? Because I'm always curious. It's kind of like, to be honest with you, my biggest knock on college baseball is that if we're trying to get these kids ready to play in the bigs, how? Why are we holding them back with metal bats? Are you guys excited to stick with wood bat? Yeah, the league uses wood bats, so it's not an option. But I think that the question of, you know, why do they use them for training? Um, a couple things. One is you're not bouncing balls, you know, 550 feet uh, for home runs. It really requires a different skill of knowing when you put the, the barrel on the ball and, the you know, and how you hit that ball from the barrel of a wood bat compared to, um, you know, these bats that are just so electric. Um, in the college game. And at the end of the day, if they are going to play in the major leagues, they're going to have to be able to show that they can hit with a wood bat and, uh, you know, put the ball in play hard uh, with something that isn't as forgiving as a metal bat. And you mentioned the new stadium that you guys uh, are, are becoming part of up there in Ridgefield. What are some of the cool sparkling features that, that fans can expect when they come up to see you guys play? Well, there's a number of them. Um, we have, uh, we're going to have family areas, a picnic family area and a grass berm family area. So for those families that want to, um, you know, get away from the normal baseball beer and hot dog and just want to have a beverage and hot dog. Um, but we also will have uh, a side that has a picnic area and a grass berm area. I'll call it adults, but it will be open for um, beer and a hot dog as well. Um, we have a left field platform I'm really excited about. Um, if you've been to the Mariners and their center field um, 
uh, deck out there where it's kind of a socializing area with cocktail tables. Yeah. Um, we have that in left field. That'll sit up to about 150. Are there season tickets um, and, out there in left field? Can I just pick those up right now? <laughs> <laughs> you can actually just come be a guest, by the way. Um, that's going to be a big group area. Um, where we will have companies and families and neighborhoods and little leagues, you know, be able to use a use it for a group area. Um, so we have that. I think that's just a really unique. Uh, at the end of the day, people don't know about it yet, but I think they're going to find that as one of the most pleasurable places to watch the game. We have a really uh, exclusive skybox behind home plate that'll sit up to 150 people. Uh, a little bit more private. And that will uh, host a lot of groups and meetings during the day for businesses that are going to enjoy the game after their meetings are done. So, yeah, it has to, it just has some uniqueness to it. I can tell you one thing, the city of Richfield and the school district, when they put this together, they did not cut any corners. And it's just uh, it's a facility that every community in the country wants. But like I always say, you know, hardly any get it because they won't invest in it. And these guys went out of their way, but uh, that's just also a function of how Southwest Washington is just, you know, growing and bursting at the seams. Gus Farah here, the GM of the Ridgefield Raptors of the West Coast League. And I kind of want to ask you about the West Coast League. How, um, I see here that you guys are the, the 12th team in the league now. How far does this league stretch in terms of travel? Like how far are the guys going to be going? Well, it's a rough schedule. And again, it's, this, this speaks to the devotion of these kids wanting to train in the summer to get better. Um, there, uh, the teams will stretch from Bend, uh, the Bend Elks, um, Corvallis Knights, three-time defending champions, um, all the way up to Kelowna, British Columbia, and Victoria, British Columbia. And Oof. in between, you have Bellingham, you have Yakima, you have Wenatchee, you have Walla Walla, you have the Cowlitz Black Bears, you have the Portland Pickles, so we're going to create a little cross-river rivalry with them. Um, and then Richfield Raptors. So, is is there have there been successes and challenges that you've learned from also running the Cowlitz Black Bears that is going to make it easier for you to start this Richfield team when it when it starts up this coming June? Oh yeah, we have nine years of experience in in uh, Cowlitz at in Longview, and we play at Lower Columbia. Um, we have obviously learned every trap right in nine years of what it is to make this efficient, uh, you know, where the challenges can come in. Now, we have a whole different park, and that's going to make our business different from uh, Cowlitz because, uh, you know, just brand-new facility, brand-new concessions with a commercial kitchen. Um, just the amenities are just uh, really uh, futuristic thinking uh, ballpark amenities and not an old park. That doesn't mean that the old parks aren't classic and cool. It just means that we have a whole brand new uh, toy to play with that just gives us different opportunity uh, with our with our new setting. Well, uh, getting back to like me personally, I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, and I have a bunch of friends that went to that grew up in Ridgefield, went to Ridgefield High, and I mean half of them are married to some of my best friends these days. So I'm kind of familiar with that community and how passionate they are about that community i'm curious in the southwest as a whole what are your guys's goals in terms of helping the community like do you have events planned what's the overall kind of situation you want to get involved in well we're going to play baseball and we're going to obviously have special events during baseball we haven't announced uh those yet by the way all of our information is at richfieldraptors.com that includes ticket information that includes uh host family information which we'll get into that in a minute about host families um, but at the end of the day, 
uh, you know, we're looking to uh, give back to the community in a couple ways to get to in the initial stages. One is um, youth, and the youth is going to be through education and then also through activity and wellness, and that'll be through softball and baseball. We'll have clinics, we'll have camps, uh, we'll have youth baseball um, that we can give back and give training, give development back to the community. Uh, we would like to do it at all levels. One is for kids that just want to be better high school players at the end of the day, and then also for kids that want to go to college and really become uh, take their skills to another level. Um, we also are going to worry about the environment and the community a little bit through uh, the, the Wildlife Refuge and any other community partners that allow us to focus on environment and community. Uh, you know, we're called the Raptors for a reason. Uh, one is that uh, we ran a name the team contest and we received a lot of entries that had uh, birds of prey um, as the entries that they gave us. Raptors was one that had a lot. Um, and knowing that we can use the birds of prey and the raptors in a way to help the refuge raise some money and bring some visibility is something that's important to us too. How are you guys doing so far in selling season tickets, getting sponsorships? What's the response been like since you guys announced the team? I'm telling you, Wash uh, Southwest Washington has just been, like I said, uh, bursting, waiting for something like this. This is an amenity that now people that have lived here or people that are moving here are going to have for family and uh, affordable entertainment. Um, number one is we've sold tickets since September 8th. Really didn't put a huge push on it because we didn't want to oversell the season tickets. Um, I know that sounds silly because we need groups, we need sponsor tickets, we need single game tickets. We're, uh, we've sold 630 or so tickets already, um, which is really a great start when yeah. we have a capacity of about 2,400. Um, sponsors, they're starting to sign up. Uh, you know, we've been out now educating them on what the opportunities are to uh, become a partner, um, and uh, they're starting to uh, sign up. Uh, we've already got a couple of our entitlement areas, our picnic areas uh, sold. Um, and uh, just starting to really show the robust uh, interest in giving back to Southwest Washington that we thought might be there. Uh, Gus, I want to get you out on this real quick, something light and easy. What uh, What's the color scheme of the team? It's uh, maroon, black, and silver. Oh, maroon, huh? Well, being a Washington State University kid, I got enough colors to match, so I uh, will proudly rep some gear from you guys. <laughs> I'm always well, worried... I'm always worried about that stuff. So, like, I want to root for the Portland Pilots, you know, UP, because I lived in that neighborhood for a while. But they're purple, and as a coog, I can't, I can't wear husky colors. <laughs> nobody looks good in purple, do they? No, nobody does. See, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. <laughs> so it looks like season's going to start June fourth through August fifteenth, right? In the dog yes, days of uh, summer, as we like to say. Totally. We uh, open with uh, the Yakima Pippins on June fourth at our home field which is going to be exciting. We're going to have a lot of stuff going on that night. Um, and like I said, we're going to introduce a lot of special promotion nights. We're just not quite there yet. Uh, we have a lot of, we have a lot to do to just get it to, to opening day. But uh, as we get closer, we're going to start introducing some of that stuff. I, I did want to mention one thing about the, uh, Washington State when you brought it up. We're going to announce later this week, uh, we're going to start introducing the, the players. Our first player that's going to be introduced is Brody Barnum. Uh, Brody is a Skyview uh, graduate from Southwest Washington, and he plays at Washington State University. So we're it. excited to bring him home and let him play in uh, his backyard. I love it. I love it. Well, that's Gus Fair, the GM of the Ridgefield Raptors of the West Coast League. New short season wood bat league starting up in Ridgefield. Uh, Gus, my man, I will be there June 4th. 
you know what, we can't wait to have you. And uh, get your arm warmed up because at some point you're going to have to throw out the first pitch. And I don't want you to embarrass yourself. Yes, sir. I will do Ooh. my best. I haven't thrown a baseball since like high school, Gus. Well, <laughs> I got to pre- get some tosses in. <laughs> I, I pretend well, every day. So. Watch some of the celebrities do it. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again, Gus. And uh, we look forward to seeing you guys. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Once again, that was Gus Farah, the uh, GM of the Ridgefield Raptors, and we are very excited to see how this goes down. I recommend you guys go check it out. I will be there June 4th uh, to watch the game because why not? I love baseball, and let's do that. When we come back, story time with Uncle Patrick on 1080 The Fan. It's time to take a trip down memory lane. This is Storytime with Uncle Patrick, a look back on some of the most unusual events around America's pastime. In the bottom of the 10th, when Bill Mazeroski slammed the four-bagger to end the game and the series with victory for the Pirates. Beat revenge. A Cinderella story of baseball, and the hometown fans went berserk with joy. And forgotten stories from the major leagues. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird poop. Gather round, folks. It's story time with Uncle Patrick on 1080 The Fan. Thanks again to Gus Farah for sitting in with us. Go check out the Ridgefield Raptors. I'm going to be there. I uh, got a text on the uh, Better You Today text line 55305 asking about uh, season ticket plans, like different kind of packages. I'm not quite sure, but you can jump online, check out their website, uh, and hit that up. Uh, he offered Mike and I to throw out a first pitch in a game. I've never been offered that in my life, and uh, I also I was not lying. I have not thrown a baseball since high school. If anything, you should totally go to that game to watch a five foot nothing dude stand next to a seven foot dude and throw a first pitch. Wouldn't that be weird, Mike? Like it you and I are weird. quite different in sizes. Yes. I bet you I, I'm going to throw a knuckleball. Okay. I'll throw a knuckle. Knuckle curve. I'll go Mike Mussina. Or you can throw just throw the knuckle curve. Or you can just say you threw a knuckleball when it goes two feet in front of you and lands in the ground. Yeah, that's true. It'll probably suck. All right, welcome to story time. I've got I've got a, a little quick one for you guys. Just just a little bit of reminder. So the 2018-2019 free agent class. We've been talking about this class for years. Yes. Right? About all these, you know, whether it's Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, Andrew all, McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon, all these kind of dudes. You know, and and now we've got who else do we got on this? We got Patrick Corbin on this list. We got Andrew Miller on this list. There's a lot of dudes that are about to get paid. So it made me kind of look back. I wanted to look back at some recent free agent classes just for S's and G's to see what's going on. Myers Leonard, four years, 40 million. (laughs) And I stumbled across the 2013 top 50 free agents. Uh, And this article starts with. In 2012, you were probably annoyed that the Giants won their second World Series in three years, and Mike Trout was still a rookie curiosity. I think uh, Mike uh, kind of uh, nailed that down, that he was not a curiosity. It was more of a curiosity of, is he better than Mickey Mantle? That was the kind of thing. So I'm looking at this. Also, the Giants then won three in five years. So that is also true. You were continually upset if you were in the first place. Right. So I wanted to look at this 2013 top 50 free agents. And I won't go through the whole 50. I just want to go through the top 10. And this is so hilarious because there is literally, I'm pretty sure there are two dudes on this list, spoiler alert, that are still in the league. 
Really? Yes. Wow. And this is the top 50. So that was five years ago. This is five years ago. I'm looking at the top 10. Now there's some other dudes down in the wing. I can point this, out some people. This was before everyone got smart and stopped paying over. Right. Stopped overpaying for old players. Should I start at 10 or 1? 10. Okay. Number 10 is Kyle Loesch. I do remember Kyle Loesch. Yep. Number 9 is Hiroki Kuroda. Ooh, Hiroki Kuroda. He was a Yankee. Number eight is Dan Heron. Oh, I liked Dan Heron. I like Dan Heron, too. Not in the league. Correct. Retired. And a good Twitter follow. Uh, number seven, I believe, is our first player that is still in the league. Edwin Jackson. Yeah, he is still there. He he's, was on the A's this he's year. He's on the A's, and it sounds like they're going to bring him back again. Well, I don't understand, but okay. Number seven. Number six, Nick Swisher. Wow. What's up, 2013? That was the Yankee signing, wasn't it? I think it's the... Yeah, it might be Yankee It must signing. have been. Yeah. It, or, I mean... I he was on say. the Indians for a minute. But he was really I shouldn't terrible. say must have been, but I, I think that might have been the Yankee year. Number five, BJ Upton. Melvin Ooh. Upton Jr. Back when BJ was still good. Yeah, yeah. He might be in the league. He's probably in the he's minors. In, he's in the league. Okay, okay. So then there's three. My apologies. Number four, oh, I guess this guy might be in the league, too. Anibal Sanchez. He is still in the league. But, I mean, like, number four he is on, Anibal Sanchez. Do you remember how good he used to be? For the Tigers? Yeah. Yeah, he was great. He was really good. Now he's trash. Actually, he was okay for the Braves this year. Remember, he was one of their playoff starters. Yeah. As I my see, good friend Mike Lynch says. Keyword, okay. Uh. <laughs> number is three. that a thing that I do? <laughs> you do. You go. Uh. <laughs> number three, Michael Bourne. Oh, my God. I forgot about Michael Number Bourne. Number three free agent of 2013 is Michael Bourne. Was that the Astros who signed him or the Indians who signed him? Uh, I can't tell. I look at this list, and I see Bourne and Swisher on it, and I'm like, we signed both those dudes in the same year because no one else would. <laughs> it might be the Indians. Uh, Swisher won a title with you in 09, so this must be the Indians. It must year. be afterwards, yeah. And they both got signed at, like, the end of spring training. Number two. This is my favorite part of the list. Number two, Josh Hamilton. Oh. <laughs> that gigantic Angels contract. Yep. Number two is Josh Hamilton, who went to the Angels. Number one, Zach Greinke. All right. Cool with Greinke. Yeah. Right? I'm what cool. do you do? What do you do? The Dodgers that year? Was that? The, I thought he got traded to the Dodgers. Because he or Maybe Milwaukee? Or do you get traded to Milwaukee? Or was that the first Arizona year? It can't be, right? Can't be, no, because he went Dodgers and then Arizona. I'm going to go ahead and look that up. Uh, but I, I just found this really interesting. Uh, and then looking through, number 13 is David Ortiz. I believe in 2013, the Red Sox 2013 won. was the Dodgers. Okay, so the Dodgers signed Granke. Uh, number 13 is David Ortiz on this list. I believe the Red Sox re-signed him and they won a World Series Yeah, he must year. have re-signed, yeah. Um, let's see, Mike Napoli. Adam LaRoche. Not in the league, not in the league. Um, wow. That's a lot of old free agents. Tory Hunter, Melky not, Cabrera, not Russell Martin. Still in the league. Marco the league. Scudero. Not who? Steven Drew. I miss Marco Scudero. That's a, that's one of those in like 10 years when someone says Marco Scudero, you're going to be like, yeah. You only remember because of the last name. 27, Kevin Euclid. Okay. 28, Francisco Liriano. Still in the league. Yeah. Uh, He's played on like nine teams. AJ Pierzynski. Now doing terrible color analysts for Fox. Joe Blanton. Mm. Brandon McCarthy. 
Jason Greeley. Wait, wait, wait. Is that the Joe Blanton signed with the Angels under Jerry DePoto year? Probably, dude. 35, Koji Uehara. 36, Ryan Madsen, who's still giving up hits. It was! <laughs> who's still giving up hits for the Dodgers in the World Series right now. Number 39, Mariano Rivera. <laughs> 43, Andy Pettit. 39 was Mariano Rivera? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't you think he would be, like, number three? Yeah. Just that everyone knew the Yankees would resign him. Right, so. right. Number 40, Ichiro. So that's that. Number wow. 50 is Jeremy Affeld. Who's the best player on the list? Zach Greinke. Okay, who's the second best player on the list? Uh, Marco Scudero? <laughs> David Ortiz? Oh, yeah, that's David Ortiz. You know, I mean, then steroids get you a long well, way. Mo was probably second best total. Yeah, but in yeah, terms yeah. of like at that age. Yeah, looking at this, I mean, Shane Victorino and Angel Pagan are on this list as well. Mike Napoli, um, Rafael Soriano, Ryan Dempster, Melky Cabrera. Um, I don't know. I think the answer. The answer is Zach Granke, and then a combination of Mo and David Ortiz. Of dudes that they knew they were going somewhere. Eric Chavez hits the list at 49. Mm. That might be the year he signed with the Yankees. <laughs> anyway, so that was a little fun uh, little fun free agent things. And so just remember. That was Joe Blanton going to the Jerry DePoto-led Angels, by the way. So just remember. Oh, it was the Diamondbacks in 2013. The, uh, Chavez. The, the list can look great, but looking back on it, might not always be great. I'm looking at you, Bryce Harper. When we come back, uh, more award talk on 1080 The Fan.